Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely wife, Miss Southern Shell, and Tyler on the board. How's things going today, guys? Good. Great. Good. Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. This one is a big one for me. Kicks off college football, really. I mean, I know there's been a few games. I watched a little college football last night. Tennessee put the smack down. Tennessee looked good last night. I didn't think it was just who they they were playing to the talent they were playing. Because, I mean, they scored three touchdowns like bam, and it was a blowout. I mean, they were intercepting. I mean, they yeah. they looked really good. The the well, Missouri plays I saw decent too, and they played a nobody too. So. Oh, really? I didn't see any of the Missouri but game. I was flipping back and forth and trying to find something else to watch because I mean it's football. Don't get me wrong, I like it, but I'm ready for Saturday. Yeah, but we got Dove season two. It kicks off hunting season. That's what I'm excited about. So, do you think Labor Day is more of like a end of summer barbecue? It is. Swim, it's a big. Boat. It's the last hurrah. The, the last big. Barbecue weekend, according to the way retail sales are supposed to go for barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Barbecue folks keep on going. Really, this just gets me back into fired up to barbecue because it's been so damn hot. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing videos at the house, and it's, I mean, we we started back, I guess, right when school went back, kind of. So it's been a few weeks. We've only done a few YouTube videos, but we've done a lot of TikTok, and it is so damn hot out there filming videos y'all just don't even know when you're doing four or five in the same day i mean you i swear down it's hot it's been really muggy what are we waiting i mean flies are still out it's like let's get spring let's get fall here maybe labor day kicks off fall (laughs) in my head yeah pumpkin spice lattes start coming Uh, on they came out this week i think yeah those are so overrated who likes that (laughs) my wife has been there probably (laughs) 10 times she likes the pumpkin spice loves it i don't care for i do not like anything pumpkin flavor me either i'm anti I don't like any of those type flavors. I can't wait now, to see the comments on this. <laughs> <Anti> pumpkin spice. <laughs> pumpkin anything. I mean, they make good jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah. Even like when I make I mean, pumpkin pie, I cheat and use sweet potatoes. <laughs> People don't realize most of that canned pumpkin is sweet potato. Yeah, yeah. It's not really not It really tastes pumpkin. better. Yeah. Pumpkin's bitter. and I don't know. It's just something about all that spice it goes with. It's not that good. It's very nutmeggy and yeah. when people, spicy. Yeah, that's exactly spicy, what it is. Yeah. When people think of pumpkin flavor stuff, they think of allspice. They're not really yeah. thinking of pumpkin, I don't think. Yeah. See, you can do it without the pumpkins and add chicken to it, you got some good jerk. <laughs> that's <laughs> the flavors you get in jerk. It's got that spice and that clove and the nutmeg and all that in it. And so when I think of those flavors, I'm thinking jerk chicken or jerk pork. I'm not thinking pumpkin. Coffee. Coffee. Yeah. Oh, I saw I'll stick spice. to my Blue Mountain Jamaican coffee <laughs> and then use my jerk seasoning, my pumpkin seasonings for meat. Starbucks does have a Christmas flavor like creme brulee latte. I do like that uh, one. That one's, yeah, but man, it's like 2,500 calories in one cup. <laughs> yes. It's like the worst thing. One of the, I mean, you'd be better off drinking a six pack of Coke than you would that drink. It's got so much sugar. In I it. usually just get like one a year. Treat, your, treat yourself. Because <laughs> yeah, they're just so. I'm more of like a peppermint white girl. <clears throat> like I'll eat anything, like the peppermint mochas and all that when Christmas time comes around. Yeah. That's where I'm at. But I can't do I can't get down on that either. <laughs> I'm not a mint guy in my drink. <laughs> Unless it's like Mojito. Uh, 
Oh, yeah, my feet too. Rumple, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can get down on it then. But yeah, as far as all that other stuff in my coffee, man. Now, they do one. What's the one I like that I, when I do order, if I don't get regular coffee, it's a caramel macchiato. Macchiato. That one's dangerous. You could, I could drink that those every day. has got a bunch day. of sugar in it. Heck too. yeah, it'll put it'll put twenty pounds on you quick. <laughs> <laughs> drink those for a week solid. They uh, so we went yesterday and they have an apple crisp macchiato, and I actually really liked that. That was really good. It tastes like apple pie in a cup, and that was that was jam pretty up. good. Yeah. yeah, I'll take your word. <laughs> I've done honed myself to black coffee. It's like I just want that roasted flavor. I want it hot. That's uh, I never would have when if you'd have told me you're going to be a black coffee drinker someday, I would have bet money. Because my parents always you know drink black coffee drinking. I was like, no, it ain't for me. I don't like. I guess your your taste buds as you get older. Yeah, I don't like, know that weekend. Start appreciating yeah, bitterness. I start appreciating that bitterness of coffee. Life and has hated me I still, so much. You know, when I wake up in the morning, that's the one I think about. It's like, man, you got a good a cup of coffee with me. It's like I've got to have it now. That's Even, when you know you're used, old. When, when, coffee, you know you're old. when getting out of bed is worth it for the yeah. coffee. It used to be bacon. Now it's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and used to, I wouldn't even drink it. Like, I wouldn't even think about drinking a hot drink in the summer now. It's like, as soon as I hit the office, I'm, you know, I'm making me a cup of coffee every morning. Um, they got me. <laughs> Juan Valdez hooked me up. Stimulant. Um, okay. This weekend is the last chance for our Palmer Home Feed a Family campaign. So we want to talk about that real quick. Yeah. We, um, man, first off, we want to appreciate everybody's donation this year. There hasn't been, you know, a donation too big or too small that we don't, that then Palmer Home doesn't need. So thanks for all that support. We're up to. Uh, Right at uh, fifteen grand. That's awesome, man. Well, right that's, under. That's 15. so good. They're really killing it right now. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. so good. But you got uh, let's see, Friday contest Saturday, ends Sunday, Labor Day Monday. What time? September Monday, September fifth, eleven fifty twelve p.m. Central Standard Time, noon on okay. Labor Day. Noon on Labor Day is your last chance. Yep. But we added something because someone, I guess, a fan brought this up. Who who uh, who mentioned that? Fan. Or somebody that donated? <laughs> yeah. Brought this up to y'all's attention. Why don't we? Because we're doing the top five. Top five are getting a VIP experience. They're going to get to bring a guest. Come here to How to Barbecue Right, Malcolm Shop headquarters in November um, 4th or 5th or something yeah, like that, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. And we're doing a, a VIPP, a very important pig picking. And it's going to be fun. And we've y'all heard us talk about that. But we're, that was going to be for the top five fundraisers. But we also, since everybody's helped us so much, we decided we're going to pull one lucky winner and they're going to get to join us for that event. So no matter what amount you donated, you still got a chance. It could uh, everybody's be $5. Names, it could be $500. It's going to randomly be picked. Everybody's out. name's going in a pot. And um, minus the top five donators, of course. Yeah. And then we're going to pull one. So, And we don't get to see. They don't They don't give. Does Palmer Home runs the, the donations. We don't see the money and who gives, do we? They have like a, a, list a or something? leaderboard. Yeah. Their donation page. Kind of like so, a GoFundMe type thing okay. where people yeah. can put a message in. And yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's cool. So if anybody was still, you still got time till noon Monday on Labor Day. And just so you know, the money, this goes directly to the Palmer Home. They don't receive any government grants. Um, every dime that they have that they, uh, you know, use, it comes from a privately given fund. And, so, it, goes, and it goes to the kids. Yes. Yep. So what they do is actually help kids who are in a bad situation 
stay out of the foster care system and help them have um, the most normal life possible. And we crashed this. We tra- we crashed their site. <laughs> we, did that, we did that live stream last week. That's the first time we ever crashed a site. That was great. It totally went down during the, during our live stream. So if y'all missed that, can you still go back and watch that live stream? Yeah. So if you're uh, on the How to Barbecue podcast page uh, on the YouTube channel, uh, we did post it over there. So there's a lot of good questions and info yeah. on that live stream. We're gonna do some more of those too, Tyler. Yeah. Talk, uh, yeah, that was really successful. You and Mark talked a lot about football foods. Mikey cooked some wings. Went over his wing, yeah. If you listen to last week's podcast, Mikey went over that whole wing recipe in detail too. So if you want to. We also just have the clip up on the channel, too. Oh, so, yeah. Yep. If y'all just want to see that part, <clears throat> go check that out. Bake so, those wings this weekend. Don't slip on them. I did um, last weekend. They were good. Did you? Mm-hmm. Really good. So uh, two fantasy football drafts for you were in the books? They did. I'm going to dominate this year. <laughs> <laughs> dominate. How did your drafts go? One of them went pretty well. The other one, not so well. <laughs> How'd your official serious league go? Um, how you know it rates us? Like after we do a we do an offline draft, and then they go and put them in, and we run ours through Yahoo Fantasy Sports Football, and they put it back in. And Yahoo rates your team. I was a solid C average, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'll take a C. I've I took a chance on a lot of young players, a lot of rookies. <laughs> And they were on my bench. I mean, I got me some solid starters to play with, yeah. but then so they're not rating me as high. I mean, I, and you you're in a keeper league, so and I took that um, Dak Prescott. I waited. I mean, I, I waited <laughs> on a quarterback, and if a dead gum a Mississippi State Bulldog didn't fall town, <laughs> and so I took him. I don't know how that's going to go. Now we can watch football together. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah, now you'll be happy. But I will say this: so we had one guy. That had a family obligation, could not come to his draft, and Shell runs our board. So she ended up drafting for him, and you had a pretty solid draft. I had an A. You got an wow. A. Yeah. I was the top drafter. Heck she yeah. Was. That's so, crazy. So um, if anyone would like to cheated. hire me <laughs> <where> you cheated. <laughs> to draft for them. <laughs> That's your Fiverr I did profile. Not know how. Yeah. <laughs> I will draft it. She said right beside me, you ran the board, drafted for Aaron, and I had several beers. <laughs> I watched. <laughs> I was pretty impressed. Drafting is like gambling. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy. <laughs> it's easy. I think, that, see, I didn't listen to any of the pre-fantasy draft talk. You know, I didn't do any mock drafts. I didn't research. I didn't do anything. I just did what the little, you know, the little thing told, told me. You. Yeah. Well, that's the best team Aaron's ever had. Like, if he'd have been in person, he could not have drafted a team like that. He kept like we have a two two uh, two position keeper league, and he kept a tight end. Like it was one he had from last year, and he got a pretty good pick on. It was down. You drafted a better tight end. Than he kept. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hey, and we um Uber we used Uber Eats to bring Hooters wings, and those were good. They were fire. Yeah. I cooked some butts and did some other stuff. And the Hooters wings were, I ain't going to joke. They were good. I just hadn't had them in a long time. I, I don't guess. know, yeah. I made some homemade ranch and blue cheese, the dressings. and They were good. Heck yeah. Y'all, y'all? You got the nacho machine and some Hooters wings. You got a party right there. You don't worry about ribs and all the other stuff that goes with it. 
me and Austin were hanging out on Saturday and we were trying to cook like basically kind of similar food because y'all talked me into it, like wings and stuff. And he was like, why don't we just go stop by the shop real quick? <laughs> Nobody will see us go through the line. Yeah, just go through the line. <laughs> you could have. Oh, we had plenty. Yeah, there's plenty of leftovers that day. So um, you've been working on your fan- your football food recipes. Normally I- you add a couple this time every year. Oh, yeah. I've been in full football food mode. What makes a football food? Um, you know, something that goes, that's fairly easy to cook, that you can feed a lot of people with, that you can eat without having to sit down and have a knife and fork and a plate and you just grab and go kind of, and I don't know, just something fun. That's how I would describe football food or tailgate food. Uh, I, I try to think of ways to keep it simple, but still, you know, easy to eat or something like that. That's the best way I can describe what if and it just goes with beer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of things that prep yeah. easily ahead of time. Yeah, it could be bar food. You could call it that too. Yeah, I just call it football food. This week you did a recipe called your. You called them dirty bird chicken bites. And it was no with a dirty dip dipping sauce. Yeah, it was no with no relation to the the Ravens, <laughs> the, the, the dirty bird team. <laughs> I just thought they were kind of down and dirty spiced. Yeah, you had the heat. You had the bacon. So what I did is I took boneless, skinless chicken breast, and I cut them up into bite-sized chunks. Pretty good-sized chunks, but they're bite-sized chunks. I took some of our hot – first, I marinated those chunks in just hot sauce to put some spice to them. Then I took them out of the – I left them in there for a couple hours, but you could go overnight on them. It ain't going to hurt them. It's just hot sauce. In the video, I don't think you marinated them. I think you just used it as a binder. Well – you could do that. <laughs> but the thing is, just cut them up, throw them in a the bag, throw some hot sauce on them, whatever. I'd probably shook them down for the sake of video. It's been a week. I don't know. I've cooked a lot. I've cooked a lot. It's been in the heat. <laughs> so put hot sauce on them. Put a hot dill pickle. Uh, you can buy them. And you hot rubbed them. Yeah. Yeah. I wrapped them in bacon and hot rubbed them. That's what I did. It was super easy. And you could buy spicy dill pickle chunks at the store. You could, you know, we got a line of them here at the shop. But whatever hot dill pickle, it just goes with it. There's a Wiggles brand that's a pretty good yeah, hot Wickles, pickle. Yeah, Wiggles. Yeah, they have they have a little sweet too. But that would go with it too. You could pair that. Ooh, do a sweet and spicy pickle. Yeah, you yeah. Could do that too. Because you just used a hot. It was deal. just a hot deal. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, Chick Fil A got pickles that goes good with that. That's so what I was that thinking. And it gave it that flavor. Yeah. Really, it really did. It it did. That's what I thought. It was kind of like a spicy chicken yep. without the bun. And then I wrapped them in a half a slice of bacon or a full slice. It would depend on, depends on how big your chunk is. <laughs> <laughs> put them on a skewer, put two on a skewer so you'd have two big bites and seasoned them up and cooked them. I cooked them um, offset like a two zone fire on my Weber. You can tell I really prepared for talking about this recipe. <laughs> <laughs> but I have my Weber set up two zone fire, chimney of coals all on one side hot, cool side. And I started them out. I just left them on the cool side. I mean, it's still running. That Weber's going to run 600 degrees with all those coals on one side. So your offside temp's probably 350, 375. It took about, like you'd think for a chicken breast, about 35, 45 minutes. And you didn't flip them. You didn't no, I just, mess well, with them. I kind of moved around the ones that were closest to the fire yeah. if they started browning. But really, you're going to the bacon browns up really nice. And the internal temperature on each of those chunks is like 165 at least, and you don't want to over, you don't want to overshoot those like you can a wing or a thigh because they're going to get dry. So make sure you, you know, 160 to 165 is perfect range. They're going to carry over 
because they got some pretty good heat on them. You could cook that on any grill. You could throw it on a pellet grill. You could put it on a smoker. Just run your temp up a little bit. I bet it'd be good using the Vortex with the Weber. Oh, it worked perfect. I was just doing some other stuff and needed the twos on fire, yeah. so I did those. <laughs> I mean, I also did those. Uh, oh, I served it with a down and dirty sauce, dipping sauce, and that was something I just whipped up. I said, okay, what would go with this? What could be spicy? What could be a little sweet? And what could be, you know, just a little good dipping sauce? And so I took soy sauce, brown sugar, some honey, some sriracha to give it some heat and just whipped it up, hit it in the microwave. And then it went about two or three minutes, just long enough to melt the brown sugar. And then I let it set at room temp and it thickens up real nice. And then it just made a, it was a spicy, sweet, tangy with some heat. I mean, yeah. the sriracha packed some heat to it. So it went really, really good with those chicken bites. And you the, could do anything though with the or dipping sauce. The dipping sauce, I really like the consistency of it because it was thick enough to stick to the chicken, but, but it, thin enough to like yeah. dip it all the way in, you know, That's right. dip it all the way and get a nice coating. It was just a little sweet and spicy sauce. Yeah. Kind of a little Asian flair to it with the soy and the sriracha. Very little, though. Yeah. It was good. It was really good. Um, But so you also use your twos on fire to do what my favorite recipe you did. The spicy steak sticks? Yes. Thai. So originally, originally I had in mind I was going to do some kind of Asian-style flanking short ribs for football food because who doesn't like picking up a piece of that and gnawing on those little bones? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it goes perfect with a beer. It goes great for watching the game. Well, I got to the grocery store and they didn't have any cut. I mean, there weren't any in the store. And so I was like, do you typically see them in the store? Typically. I know. I mean, usually I see them. I know super low usually has them. Sam's usually has them. Kroger, I've seen them before, but I even asked Steve, the butcher. He's like, no, man, I don't have any of those right now. So he's like, well, let me know what else you're cooking, though, because I know I'm going to be selling out of that tomorrow. <laughs> he said he wanted a royalty. He's like, man, get all this stuff stocked up after your videos. I need to get some kind of royalty. <laughs> going to have to talk to Kroger, Steve. I'm going to talk to Kroger, Steve. That's corporate. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Kroger don't pay me a dime. It's just the closest grocery store to my house. <laughs> I kind of cook through Kroger, though. Whatever they have is usually where I come up with <laughs> inspiration. <Yeah. laughs> Just stroll through there and see what I can find. So I found some flat iron steaks. So you had to back up. And I said, you know what? This texture will be similar. What if I just cut these? Like, So I took a, a long flat iron steak, cut it in half across the grain. And then that kind of made me two pieces. And then I cut those two pieces into strips with the grain. About a quarter inch wide, about like a brisket slice. So what's the point of cutting it with the grain? Because when you bite it on the stick, you're kind of biting it against the grain. So it makes it more. So when you pull it off, I eat it from that end, you know. I guess yeah. you ate it from sideways. You're eating it. Depends <laughs> on how you attack it. <laughs> but the way I did it, was it was really, really good. I mean, that was, uh, I was kind of going along the same way. I went with um, a Thai marinade, kind of Thai-ish. I don't know what you call it. But I used soy sauce and sugar. I used um, this. What really gave it some Asian flavors was I found this spice, uh, this Thai seasoning paste. And I was looking for like ginger and lemongrass and things like that. And I come across this Thai seasoning paste. And it's over with like the garlic and the fresh herbs that are in the little 
cooler at the grocery store. Yeah, they have it like just garlic paste. Yeah, and other little other pastes. things. Yeah. yeah, they had ginger paste, and that's yeah. what I was gonna get. And I saw this, and I said, "Wait a minute, that's gonna go perfect in my marinade for these little steak sticks." And so it's a squeeze, and I didn't have to do any chopping. I just squeezed it off in the marinade, whipped it all up, and then I skewered the meat first. So I cut them up in strips, put them on a bamboo skewer, just kind of thread it on, stretch it out to where it's going to make like a, a steak on a stick, and then I put them in a casserole dish and started layering on this marinade, but I saved half of the marinade I whipped up because I wanted to use some of it to baste them at the very end. I didn't want to contaminate it. So I put half of it to the side. And then I drizzled some of this on, moved the sticks, the steak sticks around, just made sure they were all coated. When I got them all in there, I moved them all around. And then I covered that and stuck it in the refrigerator for about an hour. And that one's another one where you could marinate that for a couple hours or even overnight. You're just going to get more flavor in that beef, and it's going to make it tender. So you could use any cut of steak you wanted on that. If you wanted to do sirloin, if you wanted to do a strip steak, um, there's, you know, you could do skirt steak that way. But you used flat iron, right? But I used a flat iron. It was a good application. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It was great. It was really good. Um, and then all they needed was, when you take them out of the marinade, I mean, you're talking fast. It was like, what, Tyler, two two or three minutes on each side? Yeah. Flip was. them, keep moving them around over the hot coal. I set up my twos on fire, but I purposely did that so the end of the skewer would be off the coals and it wouldn't burn up as much. I knew I was wanting it hot because I wanted to cook them fast and really just searing those thin strips of steak. You don't want to really overcook them a whole lot because you're going to cook all the flavor out of them. So it was like two minutes, flip them two minutes, baste them with that reserved uh, dip, you know, marinade that I had, flip them back over, baste them again, and then the whole thing's done in four or five minutes. Yeah. And I did them in batches, just how many ever would fit on the Weber, pulled them up, and then threw them on the counter and you can garnish them with a little green onion. I did put green onion in that marinade, too. I got the recipe. It was it's probably on um, the website. Soy sauce, sesame oil, Thai chili sauce, the sweet Thai chili yeah. sauce. Whole uh, bottle of that. Yeah, a whole bottle of that. Some minced garlic, that Thai seasoning paste, and then some green onion. Green onion. That's all. Yeah. It's super simple. Yeah, five ingredients. Yeah, it's a really, really good little marinade. So For you, anything you want to do, kind of a Thai asian flavors on, you can marinate wings in that. You could do, you know, pork. You could do whatever you wanted in that sauce. It's just a great marinade. So you mixed it up and then you split it, divided it in half. Yeah. And then you used half of it for a marinade and the other half for a It's a glaze kind of. Yeah, a glaze, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you could have served some of it. You could have served some of it as a dipping sauce if you wanted to. They didn't need it. Just not the one you used to marinate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Because you don't want to get that contaminated sauce. And that's the whole point of saving, you know. That's a good one you can prep the night before. Easy, yeah. Yeah. A little marinade in a Tupperware dish or something. Just if you put them in a bag, know that those skewers can poke holes. That's a lesson (laughs) you learned. Don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Not this time. I learned that (laughs) A long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. (laughs) Don't skewer in a bag. But they work really great in a casserole dish. Just move them around, cover Mm -hmm. them up with plastic wrap, and let them sit. That was one of my favorite recipes you've done. So good. It It had so much flavor. It reminded me of, you You know, you go to a Chinese restaurant and they give you the, what is it, the poo-poo platter? And they always give mm-hmm. you those, it's, I don't know, I always thought it was rat or something. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a skewered meat. I mean, I don't know if it's chicken or, it's, I don't know. It's, it's got to be chicken, right? Possum, whatever, whatever, whatever they felt like cooking, I guess. <laughs> but it was better. It was way better. <laughs> I'm nominating that one for recipe of the year for sure. Are you really? Yeah. Was that it was good too? So good. So good. I mean, that one, that marinade's good with shrimp, even. I've done it with shrimp. 
That I I never thought about doing it with chicken wings, but yeah, it's really really good. I don't know the beef's the way to go. Just goes with it, yeah. It was like, super tender and juicy, and I would recommend cooking it just like that on the Weber. Honestly, oh yeah. Right yeah. Well, you need cool. that char. You need that flavor. Yes, that's what makes it. I mean, you can cook it on any kind of heat source, even a flat top, but it makes a difference when you've got all that juice dripping down on those coals, and it mm-hmm. kind of gets it charry bits, and it still has a. I wouldn't say it was rare, but it was probably more medium, you know, yeah. in that I never range. got a piece that had any, yeah. like, pink in it, but, really. Yeah, but you don't overcook. You don't oh. want to overcook it either. You don't want to leave it on there too long. Hey, so. no, it was tender. As it, it was yeah. really tender. Somebody asked, like, what temp you would cook those two, and oh, I didn't. I don't think you could probe them. <laughs> there's <laughs> I mean, nothing to probe. Yeah, there's nothing to probe. <laughs> you just cook it kind of fast as long yeah. as you don't overcook it. That's all it is. It's a hot and fast cook. Could yeah. you undercook it? Uh... I mean, yeah, you can tell. I promise you. By the time it starts charring a little, and you put Pretty the base on it, it's good. done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not like it takes long at all. I mean, mm-hmm. they're super fast. It, it, it kind of beef goes like thin beef like that goes through a change where it's you know it's kind of got that raw look to the red, you know, the deep red to mm-hmm. it. Then it goes to a weird looking gray, yeah. <laughs> and then it starts to char and look yeah. kind of caramelized, and that's that's when it's done. Yeah. I mean, just look for those changes. If it's if it's all gray looking and you still see some moisture seeping up out of it, it's not done. That's a good so way to that's put a it. good way to look at it. Um, you also did a Poncho's cheese dip. Yeah, a lot of people probably don't know Poncho's. To what's it's probably Poncho's? the best cheese dip in the world. Probably. And Poncho's, so Poncho's was growing up, I was born right across the river in West Memphis, Arkansas. The home of Poncho's. A long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. <laughs> 1975. That dates me right there. 47 years ago, in fact. Uh, um, but anyway, Poncho's was probably the first restaurant I remember going to as a kid. My parents would take us there on the Friday or Saturday night was the night you went to Poncho's. We didn't know. There wasn't like authentic Mexican restaurants around like that. And I don't know how it got started. It's been in Memphis for before my time, probably since the. 50s or 60s. I think it has. Yeah. But they always get, as soon as you come in Poncho's, and it was this restaurant, it had a dark setting, like candles, you know, like these little jar candles on the tables, no lights on in the place. Yeah. It was ambiance. I mean. 1956. Wow. That's how, that's a Memphis institution. Unfortunately, it's no longer exists. They closed it last year. COVID got them. But they still, they still sell. sell the cheese dip. <laughs> so when you went into Poncho's and you sat down, the waiter or waitress would bring you out a warm basket of tortilla chips wrapped up like in a napkin, like a cloth napkin. And they would bring you a little cup of, of their red salsa and then a little cup of their poncho's cheese dip. And I thought it was the greatest thing. You could just go in there and make a meal off the chips and dip. <laughs> and, and would so, they just keep bringing it to Oh, they would keep bringing it as much as you wanted. <laughs> Every time you ate a, a little cup of it, they'd bring you another one. It was good. You didn't even have to pay for the cheese? No, it was free. <laughs> Whoa. Cheese dip and salsa was free as part of the whole thing. Crazy. Yeah. Poncho's was great. And they ended up having four or five of them in Memphis. Yeah. We had one in South Haven. We moved over to South Haven. They built one. In, I think they did it because I moved to South Haven. <laughs> I was about 12 years old, and they made a, they built a ponchos over by the Mega Market. And it was the greatest Mexican restaurant Did y'all there. keep going then? Heck yeah. yeah. Well, they had one downtown. They had one out in summer. They had a little taco shop like Poncho's Express where yeah. you just went and got tacos. They had it going on. It was before its time. And then. I guess the next one I knew was Taco Bell, but it couldn't even hold a candle. This was a, a, a Mexican. To me, I thought it was a Mexican restaurant. Never been to Mexico anywhere. The adults had margaritas. I mean, and, it was kind of a. Kind of. 
I mean, there wasn't any Mexicans that worked there. As far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a poncho special. It was like taco enchilada. What's the little flat one called? The uh, chalupa. No, um, tostada and beans and rice. That was the best meal going. I mean, forever. That's what I thought Mexican food was. When I moved, then El Charo opened up and put the hurt on. <laughs> yeah, we started getting the real deal stuff. <laughs> yeah. What we thought was the real deal stuff um, changed my Mexican game. Now it's probably my, besides barbecue, it's my next favorite food group. When we first started dating, uh, you cuisine. you talked. You talked ponchos up like really big. I'd never been to a poncho. <laughs> you were like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. I got to take you to ponchos. The original ponchos. The original ponchos. So you did. Uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like a roach crawled across the table. Uh, it, was it was bad. Like the, the, the waiter was like tweaking. <laughs> yeah, we ordered like ponchos. The dip. They just brought out the tub from like Kroger and peeled it open. <laughs> Here's a bag of chips. You got to open the bag yourself. It's like. This is not punch. <laughs> what have they done in West Memphis? And you kept trying to make it like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's, all right. We're fine. it's It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> it my poncho special was not special at all. It was like, it was, de- it was like the old El Paso TV dinner ones that you peeled the thing off. And, uh, finally, like, at the end of the night, you're like, you're right. This sucks. <laughs> this sucks. Let's go back to La Siesta. <laughs> they had gone downhill. Literally. Even the margaritas weren't good anymore. Yeah. So that, that's why they closed. You know, service went down. But you can still get the cheese dip. I know Sam's cares. So that's it. the whole kicker. Regional. You can still get the cheese dip. They they sold the company actually, and they sold the okay. rights to their cheese dip, and so they're distributing it nationwide now. And you pro- you may have seen it. It's usually over in the cheese section of your grocery store. Because uh, it's refri- cold. It's yeah, the refrigerator. It's a yeah. it's a cold cheese dip. I don't think it's ever been cooked. I don't know if they process it like. I don't know. The way I grew up making it now, you know, everybody in West Memphis knew how to make Poncho's cheese dip. And it's just a blended cheese dip. You would use American processed cheese. Um, Velveeta. Velveeta, usually. And it's like you get one pound of Velveeta, cube it up, throw it in the blender, one can of original Rotel, um, and dump that in the blender. And you had to have the, the secret is the cumin and the Mexican oregano. That's what gives it its flavor. And then you just put like some garlic and some onion. You don't need any extra salt or anything like that. You could, I want to say growing up, they probably used garlic salt and garlic uh, and onion salt or whatever. That's what they use, but that's how I remember it. You blend it up and you add just a splash of milk to keep it going. And it's supposed to, it'll turn into this, like at first it looks terrible. It's like Velveeta cheese and Motel and all separates. (laughs) But when you keep blending it, it all comes together and it makes this cheesy looking sauce that's never been cooked or melted. And Tyler, didn't you say you think uncooked cheese is supposed to be better for you than like melted I cheese? Think so yeah, that's what I've heard. I don't know about that, but this like makes a smooth. It makes system? a smooth probably cheese <laughs> less grease. Yeah, <laughs> it is Velveeta though. Velveeta. So liquid gold. <laughs> it's, it's not less grease. It's probably primarily oil. <laughs> but it makes this cheese. You know, it makes a great cheese dip. Yeah, you get it, it the does. consistency you want by adding a splash or two of milk at a time, and it's. I mean. You got to keep it in the refrigerator, and that's the way Poncho's is. You let it sit out and get room temp, and it kind of thins out some. But it's just, it's different. It's different than a queso. It's different than yeah, any it is. nacho sauce or it whatever is. you're thinking. And you can heat Poncho. You can heat it. It's just not as good. I don't think so either. Yeah, it's room temp, and it's, it's the best. And you talk about a football food. I don't know if I've ever, ever went to a tailgate. Or any kind of a football get together where there wasn't some ponchos yeah. in the south in, around, in, here. around here. Yeah. yeah, every single like we I had ponchos. We had the nacho machine. I still set out some ponchos. <laughs> you know, and that, 
the the Poncho's cheese dip is amazing, but they make this. They call it tropical sauce, and it's like a Mexican vinaigrette. And they put it on everything. Like when you get a poncho special, it had the lettuce and the stuff on the side to put on your tostada. They drizzle that over it or they drizzle it on their tacos. They sell that in the grocery store too. And it is the bomb. It is really good. It's a good taco sauce. It's tangy. It's sweet. It's herby. Um, it's a mustard-based sauce. It's the way I make it. I got to knock off it too. I ain't shared that with nobody. <laughs> That's my secret. But it's kind of a vinaigrette. Sometimes my mom would put a little mayo in it just to give it a little creaminess. But it's oil and vinegar, seasonings, mustard, sugar. It's good. It's really good. So, Their salsa is just okay. I agree. Like, Their like, salsa is It's not my favorite salsa. How would you make the white queso? Just use like um, white velveta? White, um, actually, I use white American cheese, not velveta. Mm-hmm. Because it melts better, and that's what they—that's right? what they use in the Mexican restaurants we go to. Like you can go over to the deli and ask them for a pound of the just—I get private selection white American cheese. Well, I thought it was Lando Lake. You can't really if you it's find like you gotta go to Restaurant Depot to get. That's the one that it's like restaurant supply, and it's the best. It melts like but it's pretty much like cheese butter. <laughs> no but that's all like it is. All, I mean, it is super simple. Um, but you go get that. Tell them don't slice it. And then when you get home, you cube it up and you melt it. And it makes the best white. It's just like the queso we get at La Siesta. You want to really kick it up, throw some chorizo. Oh, that's what I do to it. Cook some chorizo, melt that cheese with your – I like putting diced chilies, diced jalapenos. You don't need much in it. Season it up a little bit. A little bit of milk if it needs it just to thin it down. I mean, it's, it's the easiest thing in the world to make. When you made that um, Poncho's <clears throat> cheese dip, I added, I took a little out and I added some gringo to it and took it to a whole new level. Whole new level of the green. We it's the world's best cheese dip. They the, did it. With the world. They did it. <laughs> <laughs> if Buddy were the elf, were the hell, he would run into Poncho's and say, congratulations. <laughs> they did it. World's best cheese dip. Um, so uh, Memphis in May might be in trouble. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I would say so. Who is calling in the middle of a daggum podcast? Spammer. Spammeress. Uh, I thought it was Poncho's. <laughs> Poncho's calling to this way. <laughs> Giving out this recipe. Can't be telling them this would cut down their national supply now. Real quick, they did message us and let us know that Poncho's it's made did? with all natural cheddar cheese. I don't believe okay. that. Poncho, there, there ain't no cheddar cheese in West Memphis. Where do they, where do they get that? It's Velveeta headquarters. If <laughs> But they loved yeah, your take on I it. I think it's like a city ordinance. It's got if you bring cheese into the town, it's got to be processed. <laughs> There's no cheddar cheese. If they got some caves out there at the Indian Mounds, <laughs> aging cheese, I ain't buying it. There's two kinds of cheese in West Memphis: government cheese and velveeta. I've had both. <laughs> the government cheese line's long, but the cheese is good. It makes the best grilled cheese. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> it's been a long time since I had it. If you know, you know. It's like Poncho's <laughs> cheese didn't cover cheese. Those two things, just if you know, you know. <laughs> and live till you had those. The Memphis and May might be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it got it hit the news big time. So um, what's going on? Memphis so and May's the international those, barbecue contest. Those that hadn't been in the no, or in the loop with what's happened at Memphis and May last year, they moved Memphis and May because of renovations being made to Tomley Park. That's the that's been the Memphis and May headquarters. Or, you know, site, yeah. location. Because normally it's Since right it there on the river. Foot of Bill Street, 
Tomley Park, Banks of the River. It's what makes the contest the contest. Yeah. It's beautiful. There's nothing like all the, you know, 300 teams down there smoking the air in between the bridges, and it just changes the whole downtown scape. It's a pain to get fest. in, and it's a pain to get out. But when you're there, it's so worth yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so last year they had to move it because the city or someone come into the city of Memphis had the bright idea that they needed to renovate and make this make the the downtown park more like other cities. And what they didn't realize it would do, well, they first they said, "Oh, this isn't going to change anything for the barbecue fest or the Bill Street Music Festival. It's going to be the same. It's just going to take us a little time, and we're going to make it better." Well. Then after that, of course, well, you know, the landscape's going to be a little different. We're going to have to, we can't get as many teams in. We're going to have to lessen the number of teams. And then it just keeps on, on and on and on going to where the latest is. Now they're going to require such a large damage deposit that they actually asked the organizers of Memphis and May for like a $1.25 million insurance deposit. In case you know to read to to get the part back in the shape it is before yeah. the festivals, and I kind of understand they're spending I get this going to take a lot of money, a millions of dollars to renovate this park. Yes, and as soon as they get it renovated, we're yeah. going to have a big music festival and then a barbecue it's trash festival, it. and it's going to trash. It. I understand mm-hmm. that, but asking a barbecue team to put up nine thousand dollars, seventy eight hundred that was seventy eight hundred dollars. So a what it did, it eliminated the teams from where we were getting close to three hundred in there. Down to like 150, 160 teams, so all it could hold. Drop by half. So, not ha- almost. Almost you know, half. Totally eliminated the patio porkers division, which is where we started. Probably the most fun. It is the most fun category to be in. It's where you know you're you're not professional. You're there to have a good time, learn about barbecue. You're cooking and competing, but it's where people get hooked on barbecue, and it's why they come to town. And the best parties are going on down there in the patio porkers. Totally gone. So now they're putting it on what teams are going to let in to pay this whole damage deposit. It sounds now Memphis and May is like no, we got to renegotiate this because it's not possible because you can't say that you expect barbecue teams to come up with seventy eight hundred dollars as a deposit. Now, granted, we have to get these applications in, you know, end of the year. Yeah, the contest isn't till May. What are we? What are you supposed to do with eight thousand of my dollars for six to months. hold it for six months? Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That's that's absurd. That's not a deposit. That's a loan. Yeah, it <laughs> is. I mean, somebody's making interest off that. Yeah, million. You know, whatever that is. But I mean, and and the and I really don't get it because, and I don't know all the facts. I didn't go to the meetings. I didn't. I'm, yeah. This is just hearsay. What I'm seeing on Facebook, what we're seeing in local news. What are they're you turning saying? it into a political? It's it's getting really political in yeah. Memphis about it. But the, I mean, the losers are all the fans of barbecue, the teams of barbecue, the vendors of barbecue. I mean the and. I mean, everybody in general. I mean, I know last year they had it at um, Tiger Lane. Yeah, they so they claim they lost I don't know how many millions of dollars, like the worst revenue loss ever for, the for having it there because people there's you know there's nothing to do around there for them. I mean, so the one you didn't have the tourists that came to the event, and two they didn't go downtown and spend the money. And I didn't enjoy it nearly as much. Oh, it's not it's not near the same now. From a logistics and a convenience standpoint, moving the contest was better. But from the actual experience of the barbecue fest, once you're there and the event and all that, you're not going to beat having it at Tomley Park. Yeah. It just didn't seem the same. You know, a few years ago, the Royal kind of went through something where they didn't have a home anymore. 
Yeah, American Royal. They have. Yep. And they moved locations three times now, right? A couple. Yeah. Yeah. From the original to the track to wherever it is now. So, do you think Memphis and May will happen this year? Um, you know what? I don't know. I don't because I mean. For one, it's come out so early, it's going to make a lot of teams upset, and just, no matter what the deposit ends up being. It was $350. Which They're, is understandable. Which is understandable, yeah. It's, it's partially size. refundable. Yeah. I mean, you are – when we're on some side in May, we realize that that's part of – we're going to – there's going to be some damage done to where they're going to have to redo some grass or something like that. That's about the biggest thing they would have to do. And so we paid $350 – Partially, some of it's deposited if you don't do anything else damage. Now, when you're having parties, and I understand things might happen, that's why you have that. But we also get insurance taken. We also have to pay for an insurance policy for you know being down there, too. So that's part of it. And the prices just keep going up. I know. Now it's just getting ridiculous where they won't have the average team. I know we couldn't, we couldn't afford to put up $7,800 just to hold for us a chance to get that back, plus everything else that goes to it. You're talking about, I mean, that's seventy eight hundred dollars is a is a, a a budget for a big team. It's not even a small team budget, you know. Most that's people, just the yeah, deposit, yeah, that's crazy. So I don't know. Going back to where they have it, they're probably going to do something, but I don't know if it's going to be ever be the same. I mean, we'll have yeah. to. I mean, I don't even know if they're going to be. So one thing they say they're fifty percent through with the park right now, and they say they're going to be done. Who knows? I mean, you don't know what's coming this winter. As far as I know, it looks like uh, the farmer's even. almanac saying it's going to be a rough winter. They're going to be able to get all that finished. I don't know. The part, they may, my point is, the part may not even be complete in May, so it may not be possible to even have it to there. Even have it there. Yeah. So, but they, so they lost so much money on I mean, it, one moving thing, it. So this is just speculation, total rumor, everything. I heard last year there was so much talk at Memphis in May that they're going to go back to Tomley Park for one year just to prove that it won't work. And then they're going to have to move it. So to if that's going to happen. I, but I mean, looking at this, I mean, I know Memphis and May's upset. City of Memphis has to be upset for revenue. But I mean, I don't know who the mayor's behind. I'm not. I don't live in Memphis, so I don't really know. Um, you know, all the political. You know, who's who's who and all that. But I know they've got this organization that's in charge of this parks thing. That's who the people are mad at right now. But it seems like they put all this information out to. To create this buzz about it, and it, it turned a barbecue contest that's probably arguably one of the best in the world into a fiasco. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's a joke or anything. It's not a joke. This is serious to me. I mean, this is what you know. We love Memphis and May, and, and a lot of my friends. You know, that's we think about it all year long. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but they lost so much money moving it. I don't even know if I, they would do it. Yeah. If they moved it. I mean, I understand they want it to be a moneymaker. To me, it's it's more than a moneymaker thing. It's a community thing, and it brings attention to the city of Memphis. How do you put a price on that, whether it costs money or not? I mean, is it for profit? I mean, maybe it is. Maybe they're running it for profit. Yeah. They need to find out a way to not run it for profit. I mean, barbecue <laughs> contests. I mean, <laughs> you say that, like. Barbecue contests aren't really a profitable. No, they're, they're not. They're not really a When you sit back and look at it, it's not a profitable venture. I mean, you hope that if you got a cause, you can raise a little money for it. Yeah. But the grand, the grand goal ought to be to break it, not to lose money. But I, I did know. read that it said that not only the city of Memphis lost money because of it, but also the organization. So I'm assuming yeah. that yeah. yeah. 
And I don't, that's why. And that's another one. They know that they can't have it off-site and make yeah. money. Yeah. Is my, and if they can't have it on-site, on, you know, at the park. Well, my thing is, they gonna do so it at all? you got the music fest, right? Yeah. Why don't they increase those ticket prices and do something there to make the, the – Yeah. I mean, it seems to me like they're putting it all on the backs of the barbecue people. That's how it was pitched. I mean – that's 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 my problem with it. I mean, we're not the only ones that's going to be at the events. I mean, you got to make it up all kinds of ways. There's a way to do that without just saying, I don't know. Maybe I'm conspiracy minded. Maybe they put that out there to run the teams down, <laughs> so they'll get their 150, and nobody will argue. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's above my pay grade. I'm just a guy that likes to cook barbecue. So we're just going to keep our eye on it. Hope that they yeah, can figure yeah. it out. Hope that they get it done. But oh, we hope there's a contest. And I mean, yeah. if it's not astronomical, we'll be there. If it's not, we'll, we'll crank up Malcolm and May. <laughs> <laughs> we did it during COVID. It's just a month of videos, and whoever knows what else we could do. Um, we'll run a, run another rib shootout or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday we did a pasta contest here at the office. We did. Who do you think, if you had to bet on somebody to win that one, who would you put, who, who's your horse? All I'm saying is I wish I brought a scale. <laughs> a scale for? A scale to measure meat to pasta ratio. Uh, uh, oh, mine was definitely more pasta. I put, yeah, I put way too much spaghetti in mine. <laughs> I wanted to be saucy. It wasn't. So what did you turn in? I, if you tell me, what, and I would, that'd be another question. If I took a poll, what do you think Malcolm's going to cook in a, in a pasta contest? <laughs> if you didn't say barbecue spaghetti, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be paying much attention. So you turned in barbecue, barbecue spaghetti. spaghetti. Yeah. How did you turn it in? I got a recipe for it. It's my easy quick barbecue spaghetti. It's two pounds of pulled pork, one pound of it I chop, one pound of it I pull. It's one can of uh, diced tomatoes, one can of Tomato sauce, one cup of barbecue sauce, one small red bell pepper chopped, one small onion chopped, a packet of spaghetti seasoning, that's, and some a little bit of rub. That's all that's in it. That's it. It's so simple. I make the and a, and a pound and of spaghetti noodles. You also have some garlic. Did you send? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. I use the jar of garlic that you had in there. I was like, I ain't chopping garlic for this. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a jar of garlic. I didn't. I didn't even eyeball. I just. Rake some out with yeah, a spoon. Yeah. I took so I, I saute my vegetables, my onions, and my bell pepper. Saute that a little bit. I start adding my can of diced tomatoes, my spaghetti packet, my sauce. I stir that up. Add the garlic. Well, I add the garlic in there with the, the peppers and onions after they get to cooking a little bit, so they don't burn. And then add the barbecue sauce. And I had some pulled pork in the freezer. I pulled out a pound of that and just kind of rough chopped it. Threw it in there. Brought the sauce together. Simmered it. Pot of boiling water. Whole pack, whole pound of spaghetti noodles. I just snap them in half, olive oil and salt in the water. Throw that in there. Boil it for eleven minutes. Take it out and strain it, and then combine it all together. And then your other pulled pork. When you right at the very end, you lay it over the top, and you take fifty-fifty the barbecue sauce and vinegar sauce, squeeze bottle, and just drizzle it right over the top. First place every time. <laughs> <laughs> Got a trophy to prove it. Now. Did y'all see Malcolm pulling that port butt? You did think you I would? He like he was next to me, but I was so busy yeah, like, you were in the heat, you know? He took the bacon. That's the best part. Right underneath that fat <laughs> cap on that pork butt. And with the tubes out of and it. The tu- and the tubes. He pulled the 
Absolutely. Creme the creme de la creme out of that pork butt. And that's all he pulled out of that one pork butt. <laughs> it was just a bite right over the top. It was like a judge. If I was building a pork box, yep. that's the meat that would have been in there kind of stacked up. And I just laid, like, if they, if a judge took it and he got his fork in there, and I drizzled the spaghetti, the, the barbecue sauce over, and put just a pinch of hot rub on it just to give it a pop. And when they took that fork, you bit, you took that bite of pork, and you got down there and got you a big fork of spaghetti, and you tried that, your eyes would roll back. Yeah. <laughs> So here's my conspiracy theory. Somebody actually tried to give you extra points. Yeah. That, did you know that? They wanted more stars to give it. Nobody knew it was mine either. No. So here's my conspiracy theory. You were the only person that did anything like barbecue related in the pasta world. And all these judges for probably a couple of weeks now have been going home to the fam- their families and being like, hey, I'm going to judge a pasta competition that had a barbecue right yeah. And they keep saying pasta, barbecue, I, pasta, barbecue. I don't barbecue. even know how y'all thought it was fair. <laughs> and they get there. You think <laughs> so they, they got brainwashed themselves. <laughs> so they got here, they and you that. were the only one that did yeah, barbecue that. pasta. It was like a glow. Like, <laughs> they were like, "That's the only way up. you beat him." Yeah. <laughs> so where did you come in, Tyler? You came in third, right? Third. Yep. Somehow, I, the squid, the squidding pasta came in second. Which was interesting. We were all very surprised. Uh, it, tasted, it tasted better than it looked. Uh, I think it's it, maybe maybe it's maybe it's something that some people like, some people don't. I don't really love seafood, and I feel like it kind of had like a very strong seafood oh, yeah. flavor. Yep. It definitely had a seafood flavor. Like uh, it was in a, the noodles were in a seafood brine or something. Yeah, yeah. They made them with seafood brine. I was very so you surprised. pair it with like fish or shellfish or something like that. And the noodles were dark. You know, the noodles were black. So I was yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. I've seen them a lot on YouTube and stuff, so it was like cool oh. to see them in person. Like yeah. it's a very trendy thing, I think. But but then I've been practicing Alfredo pasta. You know, kind of like you've been you've you had a, a grill in your hand when you came out of the womb. I <laughs> was born with Alfredo pasta since I was a little kid. So and uh, that's kind of like we there's this place in Little Rock called Bruno's Little Italy, and uh, there's they only use Romano cheese. That's like their they don't have a single block of Parmesan, so I make the Alfredo specifically with just Romano because it's a lot uh, stronger mm-hmm. than normal Parmesan cheeses. And then uh, when I practice, I had homemade my own pasta, but I don't really know how to hold it uh, per se overnight or anything. I feel like it would get dry. So I went to this place in Memphis called Lucchesi's where they sell fresh pasta and just boiled some of that up, some Alfredo. And then I did a chicken with just some TX and King Craw on it, uh, put that over the top. So it had like a little touch of a spice, but... I thought yours was very, very good. Yeah, it was good. It was textbook chicken Alfredo. Yep. And that's why I try it. Like, I feel like most people like chicken. Like, I'm pretty sure most of the world likes Alfredo. It's just like if you're on a diet, you just not eat it, maybe. But that's kind of where I was going. Mark did something unique. I don't know where he finished, but he did an orzo pasta with like a strip of steak over it. Yeah. And it was, it was okay. His, um, it was, it was a little fancier than I thought, you know. His pasta had uh, more beef elements. What you know, I really had liked, beef so what he, what he really did to it was he took it. garlic and fried it until it was crispy yeah. and then chopped it up and you sprinkled that over it. So it gave it this garlicky, crispy crunch with the steak, with the orzo and everything in it. Did you and try was, the fried garlic just by itself? Oh, it was, it was good. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. We had something similar to that at Porch and Parlor the other day. It was like a, a Wagyu deviled egg. They cook table side wagyu steak like the real Japanese A five table side. I like brought out this hot little, I don't know what it was, 
a rock or something. <laughs> yeah, <they would. laughs> and, they, and they had these deviled eggs, and they cooked these strips of it. And then right before that, they put the strip of that Wagyu beef over that deviled egg, and they took these flakes of fried, deep-fried garlic and put over it, and you ate the whole thing, and it was phenomenal. It was really it good. It takes a deviled egg. If we ever have a deviled egg contest, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but that was phenomenal. Um, Mikey did. Uh, it was like tortellini meets chicken alfredo meets <laughs> velveeta cheese meets crock I like pot. Mikey's. I called I it the – the, it had spinach and some cheesy rotellini is what yeah. I called it. It was like rotel chicken <laughs> with tortellini and velveeta cheese and broccoli. Some or is it spinach? No, or it's spinach. spinach. Sun dried tomatoes. Yeah, it was really good. It was In one of my pot. favorite. It was good. It was good. But you are the so this is the second contest in a row you've won. That's right. You ran the won the marker. Three more, head. and I'm just gonna have to be an all time judge. <laughs> You always get such a big head when you win. <laughs> you start bragging and saying all kinds of crazy stuff. I told you I was going to win that one. This one was like, uh, I mean. Uh, you say that now. That is not uh, what you were saying the other day. But I feel like we have two contests left. We got to do another chili contest because I feel like that's got to be a staple every year. And then Jacob over here. Oh, is he dessert. last place? Jacob. Jacob's was really, really good. I it think. was good. It was good. That vodka was what you it was call like it? a classic one too. Penne alla vodka, and it was really the sauce was delicious. Vodka sauce is good, but he's picked desserts. So the dessert throwdown. See, I'm going to see how y'all are going to incorporate one of my products in a dessert. That's going to be the challenge of this one. You going to do a barbecue sauce pudding cake? Or, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to have hot rub cookies or something. I'll figure it out. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I think you just could come in with a cheesecake or something. You know, I have a perfect dessert. Win from the Jack Daniels. Yeah, I know we're scared of a lot of people in this, like Cheyenne and stuff. We also had came up with another idea last night to do a uh, a ten dollar like a ten like you have to only spend ten dollars and whoever oh, makes the best one. dish yeah. for that, and you have to bring your receipt to prove yeah. it. To yeah. Prove that's all you put in it. Yeah, ten dollars doesn't get nowhere. nowhere. Let's do twenty. <laughs> twenty. <laughs> that's a good idea, though. Yeah. Jacob just wants to do one with no meat involved, yeah. like at all. <laughs> But that's gonna be a good one. I don't so know you are the reigning right. champ again. Again. Wait till I put my baking skills to the test for y'all. <laughs> like, oh, like I can't like I can't make a dessert. I thought you said bacon. Skills. If you've seen my TikTok, I'm pretty good at desserts. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Those brownies were delicious. Heck yeah, they were. Samoa brownies were good. Well, we'll see. <laughs> um. Now I got to go shoot some doves so we can cook some recipes this weekend. Is that what the plan is? Heck yeah! It's, so how are you spending your Labor camp, Day? Dove camp. As soon as we leave here, I'm headed to camp. What are you cooking this weekend? Um, we're doing skirt steak and chicken thigh um, tacos tonight on the Blackstone. I'm sure, we'll have a bunch of stuff to go with. I'm doing a cilantro lime rice. Think I'm gonna do some black beans, some of that chorizo queso. Um, tomorrow we'll do a big breakfast. Well, not a big breakfast, but breakfast sandwiches like biscuits and eggs and cheese and so dove season opens sausage, in the morning. Opens in the morning. Mike, you'll be doing the safety meeting about five thirty. We go into the field. <laughs> safety meeting. <laughs> and, and then um, doing uh, for lunch, we're going to do some griddled sandwiches. And it's a bologna and cheese sandwich on a blackstone. It's hard to beat. You talking about you talk about deer camp food. 
or dove camp food. That's a sandwich right there made for a king. But we're going to do some of those. And the night, of course, we're going to do some fried and smothered dove, some dove poppers, some dove kebabs. We're going to do all things dove. Simmer down some green beans in the magna lot with some bacon and to probably do some mashed potatoes and some dove gravy. Dove gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that then a the thing? next morning, we're going to do another breakfast. Probably breakfast tacos, and then doing smash burgers for lunch, and then we're doing Dove again for dinner that night, and then hunting camp puts weight on you. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. and then Monday morning, I don't know what we're gonna do Monday morning. I like the cooking at Deer Camp as yeah, much as yeah, I do yeah. the hunt. Y'all, y'all do enjoy the cooking part, yeah. and we're gonna film some videos down there next week for our side project. Uh, some of them will be on our YouTube channel. Some of our uh, what to cook at Deer Camp. Yeah. And then we're going to put some of them over on Buck Junkies, too. Some of the guys are going to jump on and cook some. So if y'all haven't been checking out that podcast, y'all need to give it a listen. To if you're interested in hunting. <laughs> if you're interested in hunting, yeah. There's some cooking. From a perspective a lot, of guys that are, you know, it may not be the right way to do it. I ain't <laughs> saying it's how to hunt right. It's how we do it. <laughs> it might be outlaw style, some of it. I don't know. Well, Mount, that's all I have today. Yeah. Well, good deal. So y'all remember... Just real quick, we're still got till Monday at noon for the Palmer home. Um, appreciate all the help on that this year, guys. We're gonna have a lot of people helping us on the um hog picking, pig picking. Yeah, pig picking. We're gonna have some special guests and it'll be a lot of fun. It so will be. uh November fifth is when that'll be. If you'd like to come, you gotta donate. And check out our community on Facebook. We've got a lot of great people in there asking questions, answering questions. Sharing those cooks. So if you're out cooking football food this weekend, watching the games, you want to share recipes, having questions. If you're at Dove Camp, you want to share anything, we we love it all. We appreciate everybody in there. It's a great way to get questions asked and answered too. If you don't get through us on their other platforms, you can get through us in the community always. Yeah, Tyler, where else? Where else can they make sure you guys us? check out howtobarbecue.com or download our app on uh, Google Play Store and the Apple Store. Um, you can find all Malcolm's favorite recipes and tons of game day stuff on there, y'all. All right. Well, if you want to connect with us, show. If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> TikTok, and of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Show on Instagram. Uh, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Hope everyone has a safe, happy Labor Day weekend. Y'all enjoy yourselves. We'll be back next week for another edition of How to Barbecue Right podcast. <laughs> we gone. <laughs> <laughs>